And then you see him whip the hat off and the trench coat off, and it's Raphael. And then right behind him lands Leonardo, Michelangelo, and Donatello. And it's on a Donatello says, place. you were expecting maybe the Adams family? Exactly. Dude, why didn't they do that? <laughs> that was the one time that joke would work. Michelangelo here, you know, the master of the whirling pizzas. And you, my friend, are listening to Turtle Flakes, a bodacious ball of Ninja Turtles goodness, brought to you by my radical dudes, Rob and Josh. Cowabunga! Cowabunga, dudes who do that, and welcome to another episode of Turtle Flakes. Episode 91? 92? What is it, Thaddeus? Uh, 90... I think it is 92. Yeah, jeez, I'll tell you what, man. We're, we're eight away. That's it. Yeah, getting close, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, guys, I am your host, Rob, and joining us today is Mr. T himself. How are you, buddy? Doing good, man. Oh, good. And uh, Mr. Josh, who's getting his stuff ready right now, so he'll, he'll hop on whenever he's ready. Hi. Hi yeah, hold on. Oh, there he is. There <laughs> he is. <laughs> <laughs> We're, we're working out some technical uh, technical difficulties this morning, but I think we've got it figured out. And today, as we're recording this, it is November 11th, which is uh, Veterans Day. So uh, we just want to publicly thank all of our veterans in uh, here in um, – well, it's Veterans Day for the United States. And, you know, I just want to thank all of our veterans, including, um, you know, those who served in the past, those who are still serving. Uh, and, of course, my good buddy Josh has served for us uh, – so we just thank you all for your service, and, and God bless you guys. Uh, you guys really you, you fight for the freedoms that we take for granted, uh, and, yeah. and we can't thank you enough. Nah. But uh, <laughs> just you like, know, don't worry you know, about one, it. One really cool thing is that uh, Little Caesars is actually giving out uh, free pizza today to all veterans. Oh, is well, that this right? changes everything. Yeah. <laughs> just like, I'm leaving right now. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, doing but, like a little like, uh, that, uh, what is it? Five for five, like the five dollar, like hot and ready pizza. Yeah, oh, they're yeah. Doing for like free for like all all veterans that serve. So yeah, that's really cool that they're doing that. They lose cool. a lot of pizza. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man, absolutely. Well, well, today, guys, we are returning to the IDW era of our comics and um, and the Nickelodeon era. And the way this always works is we we work our way chronologically up the ladder uh, with the cartoon and the comics. And right now, I think we're at IDW issue 12, which is Shadows of the Past Part 4. Great issue, by the way. Can't wait to talk about it. Oh, dude. You loved it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then we're on episode 12 of the Nick cartoon, which is called It Came from the Depths, I believe. Yep. So that's a that's a cool Leatherhead episode. So once again, we got some really good content. And um, I'm almost finished editing the last episode where we covered the 2003 era stuff. And I gotta say, man, some of the some of the stuff we covered last week was really good too. So this is two episodes in a row where I think we're covering some pretty top notch content with the turtles. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, let's be honest. There's really no bad content with it. You know, that's true. It is a turtle. There's something for everybody. <laughs> you know, just deal with it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's it's pretty true. much just like every other franchise out there. There's something for everyone. 
you know. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> yes. I agree. And you know what? I'm not one to do this much, but I'm going to eat crow today. And I'm going to admit something to Josh O'Rourke mm-hmm. that I never thought I'd say. Hold on, let's hear it. Yeah. All right, Josh, here it is. Okay. You were right about Man of Steel. Yeah, see? There it is. There <laughs> it is. Look, I, I, and the reason I say that is I was looking through it. I am not a Superman expert. I'm actually kind of a newer fan. Yeah, I've seen um, here. Yeah. We had this on a previous episode. Uh, we had this debate, you know, is Man of Steel a good movie? Well, my reasoning was I was looking at it through the eyes of a Christopher Reeve fan who was, yeah. you know, the uh, poster boy, the uh, – He's the template. He's the archetype. Me, the, uh, sure, sure. The uh, Boy Scout. And I uh, I just didn't think Man of Steel was really like – or I'm sorry. I didn't think Superman was really like how he was portrayed in the Man of Steel movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still have some gripes with it. I still don't agree with what the All father right. said, although I understand your reasoning behind it, and I get that. Um, but I did say some things that I was just flat out wrong on. And, and and one was I've never seen Superman personally kill anyone. Yeah. But then again, I've not re- read all the Superman comics. And I, and uh, when I did a little bit more research, yes, he's killed several people, yeah. including yeah. Zod. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I admit defeat on that. I admit defeat on that. And uh, and what was the other one uh, that I found out? Oh, what was it? There was another thing I, I said that I was just flat out wrong on. And uh, and I, I I admit defeat because I am a new fan. I'm fascinated with Superman. I read this great, great history of Superman book not long ago. Uh, you know, just talking about Jerry Siegel and uh, Joe Schuster and and their whole uh, how the comic had came to be and yeah. what it turned into. So I'm a new fan, and I love the radio serials, and so I, and I love the Superman films, the the early ones, and that's really all I had seen besides some comics in the late '80s and the early '90s. And I remember the whole story arc when Superman died. And I've, I've just now collected those again, the the, the trades on those. Uh, and I think I just bought Funeral for a Friend, which the, was fantastic. The Death of Superman stuff? Yes, yes, yeah, see, in that, the early that 90s. That's when I started reading Superman comics. When I, that, gotcha. That's what got me into it, so yeah. Gotcha. So, you know, from from uh, from one co-host to another, I admit defeat. You got me on that one, Hosehead. I did. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I've had, you know what, and I don't say that as an arrogant thing because I've had that conversation before, where it was just people that, and and I don't fault them, you know, because it's not like my opinion's the right opinion. I mean, I, my my goal in talking to you about that, uh, w- what became that discussion, it was never to change your opinion. It oh was no, just, no no no, I know that. Yeah, it was just well, just for listeners' sake, it was never to change your opinion. It was just to get you to judge it fairly. Because sure. Man yeah, of right. Steel, in my opinion, Man of Steel is the most divisive uh, uh, superhero film ever made. Because people, I mean, I remember when I saw that movie in theaters. Me and Nicole went to the midnight showing because we were so excited for it. We went to the midnight show, great movie, and we come out and we're walking to our car and we heard this dude walking in front of us talk about, he literally said, that wasn't the Superman I grew up with. That movie was uh, BS. And, wow. Yeah. And I wanted to stop right there and explain to him how he was wrong. But I told myself, that's just what that's what he believes. I can't change that. But like I that film gets so much vitriol uh, just right out of the gate. You know? See, I didn't know that actually. I, yeah. I didn't know that it was such a debatable thing. Yes. Yeah. The DC film so far 
have been such a debatable thing, divisive thing. You know, Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, and Suicide Squad are some of the more infamous superhero films. Despite how well made they all are and well acted, and just like they, I don't know how Warner Brothers and DC films do it, but they cast like Oscar caliber actors in almost every single role. <laughs> and all these new actors in these roles, like Gal Gadot as uh, Wonder Woman, she was a model before was Wonder Woman, and Wonder Woman is the most praised superhero film. I think somebody uh, found out that in terms of review scores. Wonder Woman is the most critically acclaimed uh, superhero film ever released. Wow, and I've still not seen it. Yeah, oh, it's, I just watched it a couple days ago again, man. It's good. It is so uh, Okay, I'll check it out. Because like, what I love about the Wonder Woman movie is it could have so easily been a real film about like women that like secretly kind of hate men and want to prove how much stronger <laughs> they are than men, and they didn't do it. Like, there's... You know, just I don't want to ruin anything for you because you haven't seen it. But there's so many avenues that they could have went down that would have made that film terrible, and they sure. just didn't do it. And it was awesome. And I can't wait to see Just or Justice League comes out next week. By time I know, I'm I'm excited up, about it. By time this episode's up, Justice League will probably be out. And me and Nicole are going to the midnight showing of that. We already decided. It's been decided. <laughs> doing it. <laughs> And That's wait. awesome, man. You know, I've been waiting to see a Justice League movie since I was eight years old watching the Super Friends, you know? <laughs> and I cannot <laughs> see it. Yeah. That's awesome, man. But well, I'm, you know, I'm glad uh, you like Man of Steel. That is one of the best superhero movies ever made. It's probably probably my favorite superhero film ever, you know? Wow. Wow. That's pretty high praise. Well, I, you know, I, I admit that I was wrong about my facts for sure. You know, I, you were right about a lot of that stuff. So I, I will give it another chance, and maybe I'll look at it through the lens of being a little bit more realistic to the comics yeah. and uh and yeah so that's that so i wanted to get that out of the way yeah. publicly and just say admit my defeat on that one uh i was coming at it from a pretty much a newbie standpoint and uh <laughs> you know, josh made some good points but uh but anyways guys i'll get these links out of the way real quick and we'll go ahead and get started with the turtles all right so uh guys uh if you want to send us an email our email address is turtleflakespodcast at gmail.com we always appreciate any any feedback we can get. Uh, if you have any thoughts on all the comics or whatever we're covering for the day, reach out to us. And, you know, if there's anybody from, you know, a different country or anything, every now and then we'll get a, a, an email from somebody from overseas, and it's such such a blessing to, to see that. So please reach out to us. We are on Twitter, at Turtle Flakes. Uh, we have a Facebook uh, group page, which Thaddeus is uh, mainly over. That's facebook.com slash groups slash Turtle Flakes. We also have a hotline. And our number, it's all toll-free. It's just an answering machine where you can share anything you want. Our number is 865-309-4875. And I have a blog, which I've not updated in a while, but I'm, I'm working on it. I really am, I promise. My blog is radrobsblog.blogspot.com. And um, Josh, if you wouldn't mind, man, why, why don't you tell us what you've been working on? Because I know you've been a writing machine lately. Yeah, um, thank you very much. Um, I just recently started a blog called uh, Turtle Tracks Blog at WordPress.com, or not at WordPress, dot WordPress.com, and it's basically just a blog of just me pretty much just talking about whatever I want, you know, like, this is the movie I saw, this is the game I played, the toy I bought, this is what, or what I'm thinking about, what's going on, and that's pretty much where um, I just kind of spew whatever's in my head, and... <laughs> the first I just started writing for it last week, and like the first article I wrote was my review of Thor Ragnarok and how it was a terrible movie, 
and um, and the internet made sure that I didn't know what I was talking about apparently because it was a very divisive <laughs> thing for me to write. But I, you know, as a fan of Marvel films, and I've been steadily losing interest in it. It was just a massive step in the wrong direction that movie was. But anyway, the main goal with that uh, blog is I am doing a retrospective slash review on every single basic figure in the Ninja Turtles line of the 1988's Playmates toys, a toy line. Um, it's something that awesome. I've been wanting to do for a long time. I've been talking about it on this show for a long time. I think a lot of people were thinking I wasn't going to do it, myself included. And just a couple of days ago, I finally got mad enough at myself to just go for it. And just I do wrote, it. Yeah, exactly. My, my inner Shia LaBeouf came out. Like, do it, you know. And I wrote my review of the four turtles yesterday. And by the time this is up, I'm hoping to have a, a bunch more figures reviewed. Hopefully the first series of ten figures will be all reviewed uh, by the time this episode airs. I'm going to try and get awesome. my Splinter and April figure review and retrospective started today. Um, it's definitely a work in progress. The uh, I had initially intended them to be reviews on every figure, and it ended up becoming like just a retrospective on each character and how those figures actually add to the character themselves. Because oh, of cool. all the Ninja Turtle uh, of any of all the Ninja Turtle realms and worlds and whatever you want to call it, that first series of figures is my absolute favorite thing about the Ninja Turtles. That just gets every single version past and present and future is kind of wrapped up in those figures because they capture the personalities of each character so well. So that's really cool. That's, so that's it's not just doing. a straight up review. I love that. Yeah, I know it started out that way. It was my intention to just do reviews. And then I thought, you know, what? just as I was writing, I was writing more about the character that that figure encapsulated and less about, you know, cause they all have the same points of articulation. They all have pretty much the same types of weaponry. So what are you going to write about? True. You know, so it's kind of like, let's write about who this character is. Let's write about how that character is informed by the comics or cartoon or video game or wherever they started from. And how is that reflected with the figure? And let's be honest about the figure. Because even with the four turtles, I wrote, if when you read it, if and when you read it, people listening, um, there are a couple of flaws with that original set of four turtles. Like I, I have a couple of problems with like Leonardo's sculpt, uh, his facial sculpt specifically, and they're not bad. There's nothing wrong with it, but it is just something that compared to the other three turtles, it doesn't stack up as well as it probably should. So, huh? Interesting. But, uh, from the original line? Yeah, from the original line. Yeah, and it's and it's completely. And I even mentioned that the fact that when I was a kid, I didn't even notice it. You know, <laughs> but as an adult and you have a more critical eye just because you're more analytical about everything, depending on kind, depending upon what type of adult you are, um, you're you're going to notice things. And the important part of that is to not like try to shun away or hide from anything that could be negative. Just mm -hmm. be honest about it. Be open about it. Don't run away from it. But don't try to make that the selling point of anything. Nobody likes an angry person in real life. Why is it okay when it's written down or on a video camera? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so what's the link for that, Josh? It is uh, well. The series is called Just the Basics, um, and you can find it at TurtleTracksBlog.wordpress.com. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, go check it out, guys. Really excited to to read some of these. I've I've read a lot of Josh's reviews before, um, and and Nicole's in uh, BargainBinRadio.com. So, yeah. guys, go check it out, man. You're in for a treat. And and Josh, you know he's 
he's fair. He's definitely fair, and he backs up everything that that uh, you know he believes in. So yeah. I'm really excited to read these reviews. And uh, one real quick thing, um, if you don't mind, uh, you mentioned Bargain Bin Radio. Bargain Bin Radio podcast is going to make a comeback. So Yay, me and no Nicole, way. me and Nicole, we were actually supposed to record our first episode last night, and two things happened. We didn't really put as much research into stuff as we both wanted to, as as we had intended to, and about. 8.30, we put the kids to bed, and we fell asleep in front of the TV. So <laughs> Been there, man. Yeah, now we're getting old. So now, you know, we have to, finding the perfect time to record for us is going to be difficult because by the time the kids go to bed, we want to go to bed. And we used to record <laughs> yeah. early in the morning, and but the babies wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning, so we'd have to wake up stupider. I mean, it's no problem for me, but for Nicole, Nicole likes to sleep in, you know, because she's not a night owl. I kind of am. Yeah, but anyway, sorry about that. Uh, Bargain Bin Radio podcast will be making a comeback, whether it's called Bargain Bin Radio, whether the Bargain Bin Radio site will be back. I don't know yet. Neither of us know yet, but it will be making a comeback. So That's great. That's great. Yeah. I mean, the, and I'm not just saying this because Josh is here. I said this before. Josh was even a host on the show. It's one of my favorite podcasts like ever because you've got two people, very witty people, very funny people that just review all the pop culture stuff they can. And it, it's yeah. it's a great show. I've loved uh, Bargain Bin Radio. Um, even before I really knew Josh, I, I listened and uh, really, really enjoyed it. And it always cracked me up. And I always thought, wow, these two people are really smart. And then I got to know <laughs> and, Josh. And, and I said, well, Josh. at least one of them is really and, smart. Nicole <laughs> pretty much runs everything, doesn't she? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, oh, it was great, but uh, yeah, we're, but yeah, man, uh, really excited. I'm just glad you're you're writing again, man. I know how much it means to you. Yeah. And uh, listeners, you got to go check out his blog. I'm, I'm sure it'll be fantastic, and it's all turtle centric. You'll, you'll you'll dig it. Yep. So uh, for me, guys, as far as announcements go, I don't have much. I've just got one really that I wanted to talk about, and that's um, something I just found out this morning. Um, our buddy Mark Pellegrini, who has his own blog. Um, tmntentity.blogspot.com. It's pretty much a resource that a lot of Turtle fans use for research. Uh, he was robbed a couple weeks ago. What? And, um, really? What? Yeah, yeah. He, he, if you check out his main blog uh, on the main page, the, the front page, he explains exactly what happened. But his computer was stolen, his TV was stolen, all these things. And he said he's going to have to take a step back from writing reviews and things like that. So I just wanted to say how sorry I am about that, and if there's any way, I don't know if he's got a PayPal link, uh, you know, so associated with his site, but if you know, if there is, I'll provide you guys with the link to it, so maybe we can, you know, I don't know, help donate to the cause because that that's rough, and and he's done so much for the turtle community, you know, I, I just really hate that that happened to him, yeah, because uh, the guy would write a review just about every day, so, uh, so you know, just keep him in your thoughts and prayers and. And um and hopefully we can all kind of rally around and try to help him out in some way or another. Yeah, yeah. I just went over to his site right now. Yeah, ah, oh, that sucks. I know, I know. And he said uh, he lost a lot of content. A lot of it was backed up on his computer. Yeah. You want me to um, just you, know, read, those... you want me to just read what he wrote here? Or... Sure, sure. Go yeah. ahead. It says for the t- I won't read all of it because it's pretty long. But he says for the time being, TMNT entity is going to be on a hiatus. My apartment was robbed and my PC was stolen. So I won't be able to do any updates until I get a new computer. All of my digital files of the obscure TMNT comics, mostly uh-huh. UK and manga stuff, manga stuff are lost too. Though I might be able to get some of them back from the individuals who donated them to me in the first place. Man, none of he yeah. said none of his physical books were stolen, thankfully. That's good. But That's they, good. oh no, man, they got his TV. Oh gosh, okay. You don't take a man's TV. 
<laughs> no, no, no. So, yeah, I just happened to see that this morning when I was prepping for the show. So, I mean, that's a source I use all the time yeah. uh, because, you know, it, it's so meticulous. And, and that's part of the reason. I always want to do something that he was doing, but I know I could never even touch what he's done. You know, yeah. it's just he is uh he's prolific man yeah yeah he's, he's what, what's the word like an, the ambassador for for a lot of ninja turtles comic yeah. research so mm-hmm. uh really really sorry to hear that man let's see uh i think that's it for announcements for me do you guys have anything uh no no i was just gonna say only when we get to turtle news I, we've all got something to say yeah that's about oh, it Oh, okay yeah you know we can do okay. that right now if you guys are ready no, no, no. well thaddeus has got something to mention let's let's get to that Oh, I was going to say, uh, Rob Paulson uh, actually got promoted to voice uh, as voice director for the new Rise of the TMNT series. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot. Oh, about wow. That. This week, I am, I am still kind of divided about it uh, because supposedly on this version, Raphael is going to be the leader and not Leonardo. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Uh, because I am I am a Leonardo fan. I always have been a Leonardo fan, and I think Andre from Black Nerd Comedy mentioned that. Uh, I think Raphael's gonna start off as the leader. Something's gonna happen, and then Leonardo's gonna be the leader. But yeah. the thing that a lot of people are, are upset about is that. Not only is Raphael going to be the leader, but supposedly Raphael and Leonardo are switching personalities. So huh. Leonardo's going to be the cool one, and then you know Raphael's going to have the laid-back personality. Which, if it's if it's executed right, I think it can work. But I just I just don't see it happening for me personally. Um, I don't really have a problem with Raphael. It's just that's kind of why he's not the leader is because he can't control his anger. And, well, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people hate Leonardo because of that. You know, I've always heard the argument, you know, they always call him Splinter Ju- Jr. Or, or Emo or, you know, Teacher's Pet or anything. But emo. <laughs> uh, that's just Leonardo's character. He he tries to follow Splinter's orders, and yeah, like Leonardo does make mistakes. You know, there is sometimes where, you know, especially in the 2016 film, um, there was a scene where uh, Leonardo didn't want to use the uh, the ooze that turned them like back into like humans yeah. that Donnie found, and Leonardo actually says to Raphael, "Oh, well, I'm." my vote is the only one that counts. And if you don't like my vote, then you can take off. And that seemed very out of character for Leonardo. Yeah. Um, I was, mm-hmm. I was actually kind of shocked by it. Cause I'm just like, yeah. that doesn't seem like something that Leonardo would ever say. Um, the other thing, uh, supposedly April and Neil's going to be black, which I don't have a problem with. Um, I know that Andrew Modine actually talked about this. He said that, um, uh, supposedly, it was never really specified what April's race was in the Mirage comics, but there was also there was always a possibility that she was black because supposedly, uh, like Kevin Eastman's like first girlfriend was like a mixed race, so they kind of based like her design off of like his <laughs> girlfriend. Um, I'm totally cool with it. It's it's just the only thing that I have a problem with is just Raphael being a leader, but that's just my opinion. I did hear that. In February, we're supposed to be getting the 
official designs of the turtles. Um, they're doing a toy fair, so like in February, we're getting our first look at the toys. Yeah, um, that's what uh, I can't wait for. <laughs> once I find more information, I'll definitely be, you know, I'll definitely share it with the group and give my thoughts on it. Um, I am going to try to go into this series with an open mind. I'm not going to try to go into this angry or anything. I know there's a lot of people that are angry and upset about it. My my opinion is just give it a chance. Hopefully we'll see a trailer or something soon, and then you can, you know, decide on, you know, whether or not you want to watch it. Second bit of news is actually pretty big. Um, before, or, wait, before we uh, start on that, man, Rob, have you mentioned, have you seen the, uh, the Rise of the Ninja Turtles uh, voice cast or anything like that? No, no, no. I've, I've, I feel terrible, but I know virtually nothing about it. Okay, yeah, because they had, they had shown. I mean, personally, I think that Raphael being a leader is kind of a cool idea, just because for the fact that we've never seen it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's it's never been done before. Mm-hmm. It's probably a character arc Leonardo over a longer period of time for him to like. That's maybe, what I was wondering. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you know what? Maybe like he lost. Like he made a mistake, and or just didn't take his role seriously, and then so Splinter like fired him and promoted Raphael, and then Leonardo just eventually learned how to be a leader because they also did say that the voice actor I forget his name for Raphael, he said that yeah he is the leader but Raphael at the end of the day is still kind of a big meathead, he doesn't he's kind of <laughs> he doesn't like know how to be a he's not a strategic leader, mm-hmm. so he's just kind of go that way and kick their butts. You know, that's kind of the kind of leader that he is. And so maybe, I mean, this is all just character development for Leonardo, you know? And mm-hmm. I think the, I think the voice cast is really strong. Um, I was joking around that, you know, John Raphael from Parks and Recreation was going to be Leonardo. And I just could not stand that. Cause I can't say stand. what really? Yeah, man. Cause <laughs> John Raphael. God, I hate John Raphael. I like the actor, <laughs> the actor's great, but like that, that character, man, Oh, that character. Oh, I loved actor. him. He was so funny. I, hate him. I just want to curb stop him every time I see him, but that's the actor, <laughs> the character. <laughs> let me, sure. Sure. Let me make that different. You mean you don't like it when he sings his name? <laughs> I know. My sister's hot, you know, just <laughs> all he does. And but I can't wait to see. I mean, I like the little snippets of the character that they showed the actors portraying, where John Raphael, because I can't remember his name, but he, in Leonardo's <laughs> character, he's like, "I am the coolest dude in any room." And I was like, you know what? We've never really seen an arrogant Leonardo. Like yeah. maybe he gets knocked down a peg and then has to build himself back up. I mean, this is obviously going to be. Like Nickelodeon is not going to do. Viacom has been in the business way too long to make a huge mistake. So this is probably a long, overarching storyline that they have a lot of. I mean, if anything else, this shows how much faith they have in the storytellers behind this series. You know, I mean, I mean, it could be bad. I have no clue. It's. I mean, Thaddeus, you nailed it. You have have an open mind about it. Wait and see and. Wait till you see the the show and until you make your uh, judgments. You know you had you hit the nail on the head, but you know yep. personally I can't wait to see because it it's more turtles. That's what we all love, right? You know? Absolutely, yeah. And I can't wait to see those whatever playmates is going to do. You know those first four turtles at least in the series are going to be great because they always nail take my money. Ones. And then you know later it's debatable, but you know they always yep. nail the first uh, series of figures. Yeah, oh yes, yeah. oh yes. One thing that I'm actually excited about is that the uh, the voice actor for Tiger Claw is actually going to be voicing Splinter in the new series. 
I was just oh. going to mention that. Yeah, yeah. Really, that's really, I'm okay with that. We still don't know if Shredder or Krang are gonna, is going to be in this series. Like I said, we'll just have to wait for a trailer. I'm, yeah. I'm almost willing to bet that Shredder is going to show up. I don't know who's going to voice him, though. Um, but like I said, I hopefully we'll be up in there. And then, uh, yeah, the, the last bit of news. This this was big. Okay, this happened at like 2 o'clock in the morning on like Twitch and YouTube. Yeah. Uh, if, Here if we you're go. From, if you're familiar with the DC fighting game called Injustice, oh. they added DLC to it, and the Ninja Turtles are going to be playable characters. And I literally just found out about this like 10 minutes, 20 minutes ago. They, it, it was actually crazy because there was a lot of people that were like really salty about it. They were just like, oh, well, I don't I don't know why TMNT, this shouldn't be in the game. And I'm, and I'm like, dude, do you... I, this is what I think. I think the reason why they're they're being put in the game is to help promote the new Batman comic that's coming out next month. Well, I can tell you exactly why everybody's salty about it. It's because this game, Injustice 2, came out back in May of this year. And they announced that over the next six months, they had they are going to release a pack of three different packs of three different DLC fighters. And so, so far, they've had like Black Mana... They just released Hellboy, um, Sub-Zero and Raiden from Mortal Kombat are in it, Starfire from Teen Titans, blah, blah, blah. And when they announced all this, they announced it by showing everyone's silhouette. And everybody pretty much knew who they were because you could tell, like, Adam was, like, that big on the screen. Like, he was really small. He was, like, an inch tall. You could tell it was Starfire. You could see Red Hood. You could tell who everybody was. And then there was a silhouette of a dude in a trench coat and a fedora. And everybody was convinced that it was Warshak from the Watchmen yeah. comic. And even I thought that. I was like, that's Warshak because nobody else dresses like that. And then the trailer hit this morning. And you see the Atom and the Enchantress, who are two uh, DC, long-time DC Comics characters, fighting. And then you see a sigh land on the ground. And they both look at the camera. And the camera spins around. And there's a dude in a trench coat and a fedora. And then you see him whip the hat off and the trench coat off, and it's Raphael. And then right behind him lands Leonardo, Michelangelo, and Donatello. And it's on a. Donatello says, place. You were expecting maybe the Adams family? Exactly. Dude, why didn't they do that? <laughs> one time that joke would have worked. It would have worked. Yeah. That's why Rob's got to write for NetherRealm Studios, man. But um, actually, Michelangelo had the best line. He's like, I called dibs on the magic girl. And. Yeah. Um, but everybody is mad because they, in my opinion, everyone's mad because they didn't guess who it was because they were all, <laughs> they were all wrong because everyone was saying it's going to be Warshak, it's going to be Constantine, it's going to be, you know, this, that, or the other. Nobody, nobody expected it to be the Ninja Turtles. Even Ed Boon, the lead developer at NetherRealm Studios said nobody has guessed who it's going to be yet. The final bit of DLC is all four Ninja Turtles, not just one. All four of them. How that's going to work, I don't know. But they have it's a lot. exciting. It, within game, when you choose a character, you can choose, like, their skin and their play style. So you can get, like, you know, an armored Batman suit or an armored Wonder Woman suit. It's going to be my guess that instead of choosing a specific uh, attribute for a character to wear, because they all have, like, different buffs and everything, you're going to be able to pick which turtle. They're all four going to have different fighting styles because they would have to because of the weaponry. And holy crap, I did not expect this. I and I just recently uninstalled Injustice on my PlayStation, so now <laughs> I got to install it for when this 
It's probably, I'm not 100% because I don't know, it's probably going to be released in December because they mentioned that Hellboy has an early release in this early December. So Hellboy isn't out yet. And they a yeah. lot of people saw November 14th and just thought that was the date. But the November 14th release date is actually for the PC version of Injustice 2. Yeah. So that's what that is. I'm, I'm ah, a, great I, stuff. I, I think I think the designs of the turtles look great, and I was actually going 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 in the group writing ha- hashtag Game of the Year <laughs> just because they added them in. Because if if you really think about it, the last time we we've, we've seen the turtles in a fighting game was for um, Ninja Turtles Smash Up for the Wii and the PS2, which was based yeah. off of the 2007 film. Yeah. That, that was that was the game that was kind of like Smash Brothers, but with like Ninja yeah. Turtles. But yeah, other than that, we haven't seen Ninja Turtles in a fighting game like since then. So yeah, dude, I'm this this makes me want to go out and like buy the game now. And yeah, like dude, the you cool know thing what? is that like you know when when people play it, then they're gonna like go out and buy like the Batman comic and like read that and enjoy it too. You know what else I'm thinking, man? Is I don't think that this was just because there's a comic book crossover. I'm willing to bet because you know they always release these guest characters because something else is happening. It was like yeah. when Predator was on Mortal Kombat X, they just announced a new Predator movie. When yeah. um, the Alien was uh, released on Mortal Kombat X, Alien Covenant or whatever that dumb movie was, that just went into production. <laughs> Hellboy, a new Hellboy movie, is just going into production right now. And so they're releasing a Hellboy character in early December. I'm wondering if the Ninja Turtles are in this game because we're going to get a Ninja Turtles game within the next two years and this is just to get them in the public gaming consciousness so when they announce a video game at e3 next year not saying they will but it's my it's my hypothesis that this is what's going to happen they're getting the the uh, ninja turtles in the public gaming's consciousness now so they can announce a new game sometime in the future it's it's i'm wondering if that's the angle they're going for because i mean that's that's Oh, go ahead. I was, was going to say, all, all I got to say is that if they do an Injustice 3 where Krang teams up with Brainiac, I'm going to lose my oh, mind. God, yeah. <laughs> hey, they could always throw the Power Rangers in since they did the Power Rangers crossover. There's a Power Rangers Justice League crossover happening right now. You know, I mean, yeah. the trade paperback comes out in December. It would be amazing to get the Power Rangers in a DLC pack later on. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to happen because it's just way too late now. They only announced three dlc packs but like just imagine the ninja turtles versus the justice league versus the power rangers and it's just like wow that's just 80s and 90s nerds <laughs> all over the place my head explodes it looks like i just ran <laughs> over a unicorn with my car it's amazing <laughs> you know and i just i'm so excited and i i am kind of embarrassed to admit this but when i saw the trailer i actually kind of welled up a little bit and i was like oh my god I don't know, dude. I actually kind of got a tear in my eye, and then my wife saw me and she's laughing at me. I was like, "Shut up! <laughs> I'm not crying. I got allergies." Yeah, <laughs> I'm just allergic <laughs> to jerks. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, one thing that's got me excited is uh, I. Well, I mean, I'd never played the Injustice games. You know, I'm, I'm not a. I was never really good at fighting games, uh, except for maybe yeah. Street Fighter Two back in the day. Back in the day. <laughs> but, yeah. When that's uh, but now I'm interested. So, you know, it opens up a whole market of, you know, just casual fans of fighting games 
too, because hey, I, I love my turtles. I, it, to me, it's almost worth it just for that. Yeah, yeah you know, the, I'm I'm gonna reinstall it probably when the DLC comes out because I bought this. I have the season pass for it, so I get all this downloaded stuff anyway. So if I'm gonna get it anyway, I might as well reinstall it, and I guarantee I'm only gonna be. It's like I finally get to be Donatello beating up Batman. <laughs> you know, just that's. Man, you know what? If this is popular enough, I could totally see NetherRealm Studio. I mean, everyone would get so mad at this because they're not making Mortal Kombat 11 yet. But what if this is just uh, an inkling of a hint to where, like, next year we're getting a remake of Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters from oh NetherRealm Studios? NetherRealm Studios, all they do is make fighting games. You know, just, yeah. just oh my God, just imagine that. I'm just. Oh. So happy just because it's fun to just think about stuff like this. But man, I would love to see that. You know, just you know, a PlayStation 4 version of Armagon fighting Wingnut and Screw Loose. Just imagine <laughs> that. You know, yeah. just, or, or or if they decided to throw Shredder around Mortal Kombat eleven. I know. Well the thing of it is is like it's the it's the reason why the bat the, a couple of years ago they made Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe. And everybody hated that game because they didn't have proper fatalities because oh, ed yes, boone, yeah. yeah because ed boone had said i don't want to see batman have his head cut off yeah so they <laughs> so they didn't do that and and that's a valid point i mean it was a teen rated game starring mortal kombat characters it was a game yeah. aimed at younger uh players because it's batman and superman and superman's yeah. not going to uh just totally murderize somebody general zod had it coming but he's he's you know um <laughs> So I think, where was I going with this? The uh, if if they were to make a tournament fighters game, it would be an intricate, story driven, uh, offline and online uh, fighting game that would be an amazing, amazing, just kind of like love letter to Turtles fans, because, um, especially with the Injustice games, mm-hmm. NetherRealm Studios gets so just intricate with their uh, references to other characters and old school comic books. I mean, like it's not like it's, um, it's not like it's just NetherRealm studios making these games. Like NetherRealm studios actually worked in conjunction with DC comics to make the best DC comic book or just comic book fighting game ever. Where like you see Marvel versus Capcom and all they did was, you know, just throw some superheroes in it. What ones are being made in the movies right now? And while there is a bit of that with like Superman, Wonder Woman, of course, the ju- you, you got, you've got the whole Justice League there because there is the Justice League movie coming out in six days, you know. Um, but you've also got just obscure people, like you have, uh, oh, what are their names? Like you know, Black Canary is an obscure character that really nobody knows about outside of comic book fans, and the twelve people that are still watching Arrow. You've got Swamp. <laughs> You know, why is Swamp Thing in there? You know, I mean, nobody's talked about Swamp Thing in decades now. Starfire, Red Hood, only characters that really comic book fans know about. So if they made a Turtles game, and if they just, I mean, if they made a Tournament Fighters game and just said, we're only doing characters that were in that first line of action figures, I was like, okay, Scratch better be a DLC character then. Yeah. (laughs) But (laughs) I've gone on way too long. I apologize. This is just an amazing thing, and I'm so stoked by it. I'm so happy and so excited about it. Uh, awesome. Uh, no, good stuff, man. I'm, I'm very excited. So, 
Uh, yeah, and apparently that just happened today, so that was kind of breaking news for us. So you it's know, not it's even ten that. hours old. That news is man. Yeah. That's great. That's great. <laughs> well, all right, guys, you want to get into the comic? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's do it. Let's do it. Hello, violators. You're in Casey's comic classroom. Prepare to be screwed. All right, guys, so today we are back to the IDW era of the comics, and uh, this is a little bit different from a mutation station. Well, with the mutation stations, we cover, the, you know, the stuff that's breaking news, you know, right now, right here now, um, and I think think we're up to issue 75 or 76 at this point. Um, well, we, but, well we, we're still at, like, issue 71. Well, true, yeah. that was our our latest mutation. Yeah. Station. That's true. Um <laughs> But today we are covering issue 12 of the IDW series, and this issue um, was first published on July 25th of 2012. Wow. Uh, the story was done by Tom Waltz and Kevin Eastman. Scripts by Tom Waltz. The art was by Dan Duncan. The letters uh, are done by Sean Lee, and the editor, of course, was Bobby Kernow. And one thing that's interesting about this, or a couple things, is this is Dan Duncan's last uh, – last, uh, Turtles comic. Uh, he pursued a an animation or a, some kind of career in animation after this, and he and he writes this really heartfelt kind of goodbye letter at the end of this issue. I'd like to read real quick. But um, bottom line is, you know, I think Dan Duncan was pretty much building the foundation of great artwork that that this series um, definitely has. In my humble opinion, I, I really loved his action scenes in in all of his stuff. Loved his design of Casey Jones. Um, you know, while he might not be everyone's favorite artist, you know, for, for me, he's he's up there. Um, I think he set the bar really, really high for all the other artists to to uh, yeah. follow. And so I think he did a, a wonderful job on these, these 12 issues. And really, this marks the one-year anniversary of the IDW run. So in just 12 issues, not even including all the micro-series that were released, man, so much has happened with these Turtles comics. And this is... 2012 here so this was five years ago the the one year anniversary of it and wow just so much great stuff had happened just from this point and in in uh, turtles history yeah so i would like to mention real quickly if anyone's interested there's a couple of references to a comic book that was the leonardo one shot that was released yeah. around this time if you read that before you read this you just get a couple of extra little bits of uh kind of like you know just wink wink nod nod kind of a thing you know just uh you know you get a couple of references that might go under your radar if you don't read that so if not that you have to it would be a really reading that leonardo one shot makes this one a better comic so i agree i I was uh, reading that yeah i agree with you because there's a couple micro series if you read them first before reading this issue you'll kind of get a better uh backstory like for instance the uh raphael micro series where raf and casey fight alapex oh that's right Um, yeah they referenced that one in this too. Right. This is kind of like a, the rematch of that in, in this particular issue, in issue 12, the one we're going to review. And, I think, um, and also, one, I think in that one you also see Bebop and Rocksteady before they get mutated. Oh, I forgot about that. I'll have to go yeah. back and read that. Um, and also uh, it will probably help just make the, the fight even more dramatic if you read the Splinter micro series that uh, I think yeah. was actually referenced in the previous issue, issue 11. Um, you know, which really makes you appreciate and hate Shredder even more. <laughs> there you go. No, no, I just said that you love to hate him in that in in this series. Yeah. Oh yes, oh yes. 
And uh, and then, of course, you know, in, in the previous issue, Splinter had confronted the Foot Clan while the Purple Dragons um, were attacking the Turtles outside of April's antique shop. And Splinter, he then, one of my favorite parts of the previous issue is when Splinter's trying to reason with Alapex and say, hey, look, Saki's just using you. He's just mutated you for, for evil. And you have the power to overcome that, which is really strong foreshadowing of what happens later on in the series. But at that mo- at that point in time, Alapex is like, shut up. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. And there was a great fight scene in that issue. Uh, the Turtles eventually do team up with Angel and the Purple Dragons once Angel realizes that Casey Jones is fighting alongside the Turtles. And she owes Casey Jones um, something. And I don't know if... Did we ever find out exactly what it was? I was just I about remember. to ask. I don't think they ever tell you. It's just like, you know, they they grew up in a rough neighborhood together. He probably saved her from getting uh, beat up one day. And so that's probably what it is. More more than anything yeah. else, I think that's what it is. Maybe that's it. Yeah. And, of course, we know Angel as um, she's an older version of the very first incarnation of Ape, uh, Angel in the 2003 series. She was yeah. a little girl there. But she's, I guess, probably late teenager, early adult here. But I really like her character. Always really have. Yeah. Uh, and now she's and, nobody. Yeah, that's right. She's nobody. She she plays a really big scene or really big part in the uh, the later run here. Yeah. Um, you know, what's going to happen right now. And then the last page of issue 11 is the final, the, finally the big showdown, the confrontation between Splinter and Shredder. And keep in mind, Splinter at this point is very, very tired. He's been fighting almost the entire issue of issue 11. So... Um, that's exactly where this one picks up. So we are right in the climax of our story here, our our story arc called yeah. I think it was Shadows of the Past Part Four. So yeah, and like the thing to remember, uh, <clears throat> Splinter has basically been missing since the whole Mauser attack in issue eight. So that's like five issues in like probably in chronological order. He's been missing and like trying to fight people for like two days with no sleep, rest or food. So like, yeah, he's, yeah, <laughs> he's dying here. And he even like the yeah. beginning of this episode or issue, he's just like, I'm screwed. There's no way. I'm <laughs> I mean, he's flat out says there's no way I'm winning this fight. Yeah. Sportless. And Saki calls him on it too. Yeah. So, uh, so this issue, this issue opens up where the turtles are, are right outside of the foot clans lair. And the turtles have found this letter layer, all thanks to angel and the purple dragons. Now, they refuse to actually go in there and fight, but Angel's like, look, well, we can at least take you there, because right now, we can't afford to have another enemy. Yeah. Uh, we already have so much heat on the Purple Dragons right now, but we will show you the, the area. So, the Turtles, they're, they're about to storm the hideout, and they get a cutaway to the showdown between Splinter and Shredder, and it's a pretty amazing one. Now, 90% of this comic is a fight scene, and I think this is where Dan Duncan is, is really... What a way to go out because his action scenes, especially like just the way the characters look in motion, mm. it's, he does a really good job with that, I, I think. That's one of his strengths. So we get this inner monologue of Splinter and, you know, like we said, he's very, very tired. He says things like, Oroku Saki is only playing with me now, toying with me. Of this, we are both fully aware. Yeah. And, of course, Shredder's talking his trash and there's some great scenes where he almost – hacks at poor Splinter's throat and Splinter dodges at the last second Splinter uh, or Shredder um, kicks him pretty hard knocks him to the floor and he says you have fought commendably but tonight but your body weakens now it fails you and Splinter's like yeah he's right (laughs) (laughs) he speaks the truth every single weary cell in my body begs for me to quit to surrender to the pain and the fatigue but I ignore their pleas Uh, I love where 
the one thing that is kind of keeping Splinter going, holding on to that last thread of energy he has left, are the memories of his family. You know, that's probably my favorite part of this entire issue. Yeah. It's just the the brief flashbacks of his family. And there's one where his family's all, you know, all the boys are hugging Tang Shen. And oh, she's looking at them and just with pride. And then we get a cutaway right back to the scene where Splinter's like, I'm back into the fight. And he goes, you were saying, Saki? And Saki's like, all right, if you really want to fight, okay, suit yourself. So Splinter's kind of hanging on, you know, with the second wind here. And then we get another flashback of Yoshi holding Tang Shen. You know, um, I guess she's she's dead in this scene. And it says, to rid, this, to rid the world of this one's unyielding terror, I seek out all that is honorable in my heart and in my soul. Doing everything within my power to pay respect to the universe for so benevolently answering my final prayer in the last life and granting me this opportunity to face Saki once again warrior to warrior and you get another flashback of where all four of his boys are about to be beheaded and Yoshi's witnessing this pretty powerful stuff man this is uh I I just I love the origin story the reincarnation story I think it just makes the brotherhood and, and, and the fatherhood of Splinter so much more meaningful because they were really his children, you know, yeah. and, and he witnessed a horrific way for them to, to die, you know. I don't know. I just just powerful stuff, man. But I'll shut up. Well, you know, one one great thing about this is, you know, just the artwork itself. It is really hard to write or to draw a fight scene because it's trying to get snapshots of motion is not easy. I mean, I've tried it's not an easy thing to convey. So the fact that Dan Duncan can do this and make it look like, you know, just you can really see, you say he's got a career in animation now, you can really see how he got that job because he can, yeah. he can really just, he can lay out this fight scene well. And it's also a really very commendable on Tom, the writer, Tom Waltz's part, to really not be afraid to show Splinter just reach the end of his rope because he's Splinter. He is a master. This dude fought Batman and won. You know, it's, just, <laughs> uh, it, it's it's really cool for them to have the conviction to be like, no, this is Splinter is going to die. He cannot win this fight. And you know, it's hard. Speaking from experience, it's hard to write one of your heroes in this type of situation where you know he's going to die. And I mean, like, it's very difficult to write. Because you just don't want to see that happen. And as a reader, you don't want to see Splinter uh, get skewered by the Shredder. And luckily, right at the last moment, um, you know, somebody, one of the Ninja Turtles throws a foot soldier through a window and they leap in there along with Casey Jones to take on the foot. Uh, so yeah. it's, I really love this. I mean, the last four issues of this series, uh, the three issues before this series, um, were a little dialogue heavy because they were conveying so much that was actually going into this and what everybody was thinking. This is kind of the ultimate payoff of that, where you've just got like twenty-five pages of just fist fighting. You know, it's awesome. So this one, oh, it's I great. Really like it. It's all the major players aside from Krang and Baxter, even though they are in this issue. Kind of, uh, it's all the major players that you want to see. The inner Ninja Turtle geek and you wants to see the turtles and shredder throw down and it is just an iconic fight between the four turtles and shredder 
no matter what iteration of Ninja Turtles, it always ends up coming down to this fight here in particular. Yeah. And it, it's really cool to see the lengths that they go. It, it's really cool just for once to see the Turtles be like, oh, we can't beat that. We can't, we can't beat this guy. You know, there's, <laughs> I mean, they're even like intimate. They're even kind of scared just by looking at the Shredder because the Shredder has never been more intimidating than in this comic book series. You know, just, just his design alone. Is, this is probably the most, I mean, look at, look at this cover. You know, look at that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is the most intimidating looking Shredder I have ever seen, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I love the showdowns between Leonardo and and um, Karai, and then the turtle or the Raph and Casey they battle uh, Alapex, yeah. and you know so each turtle and I think Michelangelo he is Michelangelo takes on that huge uh, foot soldier that that Splinter had to fight. Oh yeah, yeah. Him him and Angel fight him. That's right. Yeah. So you know all the turtles they're they're trying to use teamwork here to, to take out everybody, and then Shadow shows up. Um, Oh, let's see. We're, I, I probably skipped too far ahead here. You mean Angel? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Not Shadow. Angel. Yes. Thank you. She shows up eventually, uh, and, and that's all because she wanted to pay back Casey for whatever Casey had done for her in the past. Mm-hmm. So now you got the whole gang here, and they're fighting Shredder, trying to. And, you know, Shredder's making pretty short work of them until they start – until Leonardo says, look, guys, we have to use – teamwork here if we're going to beat this guy because one-on-one with this guy we don't stand a chance and it's really cool like there's one point where michelangelo like whips his nunchuck at him and shredder just grabs it grabs one end of it and just with it it's like nobody's ever done that you know turtle comics nobody's ever done that before but thaddeus what do you think about this man how do you like this issue so far uh this is one of my personal favorites um I hate that it's not numbered. I'm I'm reading the trade paperback. the The scene where they're all tuned up against uh, Shredder for like one big attack that kind of reminded me of issue number one of the Mirage comics. Even the yeah. scene where you see uh, Leonardo thrust towards Shredder with his katanas and slices his chest open. Like yeah, that that's... scene is like is like right from it, issue number one. Um, the panel layout and everything is the same from that first issue. It, that's a direct reference to it yeah like 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 joshua was saying i really just like how fluid and um like like how fluid the uh the fight scenes are because yeah yeah like fight scenes they are really hard to draw when it comes to comics i think dan duncan did, did a really good job and uh i really like the uh the next scene where um uh shredder says uh your teamwork is impressive yoshi uh Oh, oh no! Your teamwork is impressive. Yoshi has taught you well. Uh, yeah. And then Leonardo says, "Yeah, father safety is our priority. Let's bolt." And right before they leave, Leonardo throws a shuriken and misses Shredder's head, and he says, "I am unimpressed." So if you end up reading the Leonardo, yeah, Marcus, yeah, uh, that's actually a throwback. Uh, Leonardo was going up against like fifty Foot Clan members. And he ends up encountering this Foot Clan member that has like a, a hood on and he has a scar over his eye. Well, Leonardo at the time didn't know it was Shredder. And so they're fighting one-on-one on this rooftop and Shredder just kind of like chokes him and he throws him into this dumpster and he goes, I'm unimpressed. So that's yeah. kind of like a, yeah. <laughs> a nice little, a, a nice little uh, nod to that. But uh, 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 go, go ahead, Rob. I wasn't trying to... Hey, oh hey. no 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 no! I'm I'm glad that you said that because that was going to be my one gripe 
uh, I was like, ah, I don't, I don't like that line because, you know, I always you, with with your biggest villain, you always want to make sure he's the toughest, meanest son of a gun in the world. And then when you kind of make a joke like I'm unimpressed, it kind of takes a little bit away from how scary Shredder really is. Yeah, but you just made up for it because I didn't realize I was a callback. So that 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 was my only gripe with the entire issue. Uh, so now it's just about a perfect issue for me. Um, just just some great stuff there. And the, the turtles, they storm off, and then we get this really interesting cutaway here uh, where we finally get a little bit of information about General Krang and, and Baxter here. And General Krang wants to know, um, you know, first he's insulting Krang, um, Baxter and saying, you know, I, the, I regret this partnership, blah, 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 blah. Well, Stockman, needless to say, I was unimpressed every step of the way during this visit, a failure from the start to finish. Much like my entire relationship with the, your pathetic company, Baxter's like, "Oh, minor setbacks, uh, minor setbacks, General. Don't worry, uh, things will get better." And then Old Hob goes, "Yeah, wait till I get my hands on that splinter. I'm, I'm gonna kill him." And then uh-huh. Krang does something pretty, cr- or uh, Baxter does something pretty crazy here. So, Josh, you want to describe it? Yeah, uh, Baxter Stockman just straight up shoots, uh, what's his head, Old Hob, just Old Hob shoots him in the chest, and Old Hob is presumably left for dead. Um, yeah. and then because, you know, old Hob to Baxter Stockman, old Hob just screwed up a bunch. And so the whole thing that, uh, Krang is dealing with Baxter Stockman for is because he wants the psychotropic compound that when Splinter was mutated, you get the impression that what happened with Splinter wasn't supposed to happen. What happened with Splinter and the Turtles wasn't supposed to happen. They actually adapted the mutagen within their bodies. And uh, Old Hob kind of did the same thing. And so after they shoot Old Hob, Krang asks Baxter, how much of Old Hob's blood do you have? He says, I got a bunch in uh, the laboratory that's been preserved. And he says, all right, then you can come with us. And Baxter's like, what? And then General Trag or Sergeant Granite or whoever it was, in gives uh, Baxter Stockman an injection of a sedative in his neck, and he just falls over unconscious. And they take him someplace, don't know where yet. Yeah. So, yeah, but Old Hob's taken out. Presumably, Old Hob was dead. You know, we all kind of read that and was like, "What, Old Hob? No, we didn't know what we know now." Where Old Hob became a main character of this series, and then it switches back to the second time around antique store. Uh, April well, store. Let, let me ask you all one question. Uh, I'm kind of curious about real quick. Mm-hmm. Completely disregarding, you know, everything we know about Old Hob after this issue. So just pretend we're like at that time period. Mm-hmm. What, what would you have all thought? Old Hob, you know, presumably, say if we didn't know he was still alive. Say if we thought he was dead. How would you have felt? Would you have been like good? I was happy. Or would you have kind of? I was fine. Really? I hated Old <laughs> Hob. God, I hate. I hated Old <laughs> Hob until a few months ago. <laughs> I would have been the complete opposite. Old Hub is actually one of my favorite characters in the whole entire IDW run. Yeah. Um, oh no, uh, I like him now. Yeah, I, I get, I get completely what they were doing with Old Hub. I love Old Hub now. But when I was first reading this, I hated him. Yeah. Wanted him to die. I wanted to kill him. You know, I was so happy that they got rid of him. I was like, and then when he showed up again, I was like, why? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 at this time, this is when when he got shot. I didn't realize how much I liked him. Until right after, at that moment, at that panel where he's sitting there, and the plane's flying away, and he's sitting there kind of grasping his chest as he's just been shot and possibly killed. I felt bad for him. 
even though he was a villain from pretty much then on, or, you know, um, then on up to that issue, you still feel bad for him. You, when you see one villain turning on another villain, sometimes you just feel bad for the uh, the underdog villain, if that makes any yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you kind of, so, I mean, there is, there is a hierarchy to sure. uh, scum. You know, I villainy. Mean, <laughs> it's, yeah, to villainy. Thank you. Yeah, it's like you kind of you kind of realize that, nah, Hob didn't need to be shot in the middle of an alley someplace and just left for dead there. It's like, yeah. he didn't deserve that. You know, it's just kind of, you, you know, maybe you may, you could have gotten away with, I don't know, maybe throwing him into a wood chipper or something like that. Yeah, you know, he's he got that coming. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I would have been I would have been completely fine with old Hob, you know, just if he had stayed dead. And then, you know, this comic did what it was a good comic is supposed to do. It made me like the character. It made me sure. realize there are other shades to this character. And, you know, I like him now. You know, yeah. I really like him now. You know, so me too. Thank me God, too. you know, first impressions aren't always the most important thing because it, you can you can change your opinion. I mean, your opinions do change. You know. Oh yes, and and, and you know, he's still not a, bl- a black and white character. He he's he's uh even to this day. I mean, he's kind of those one of those characters that's in and out. You really never know if he's a good guy or not. Yeah. There's there's times where he shows a lot of goodness. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite old Hob moments is um when he's talking to Leatherhead. And I think it was a Christmas issue or right before the Christmas issue. Yeah. It was, um, it was a universe issue. Yeah. It was a universe issue where, the, you know, he and Leatherhead have these completely different philosophies on, you know, how on human beings and, and, and how they should use their mutation. And I really like that. Old Hob kind of comes across as the jerk, but you get where he's coming from. Yeah. You know, and, and, and he's and, recruiting I, people. He's trying to find a home for mutants. I mean, it's just, it's joining a gang. But it's joining a gang doing the right thing. You yeah, know? trying, trying. You so. know? And, and Old Hob is kind of like the Boba Fett of Ninja Turtles. It's just kind of ah, like... Ah, interesting, yeah. You know? Yeah, it's just like, you know he's a bad guy, but he's not a bad guy. He's just yeah. doing his job. That's he kind of goes guy. by his own code of morals, yeah. Yeah. I like that. I, that that's a good analogy. But yeah. uh, So uh, this issue ends with you know everyone back at the uh, second time around shop, and Splinter's laying there, and I uh, really like... The dynamic between Angel and Casey there, you know, they kind of do the fist bump and, you know, mm-hmm. you, you could tell maybe there probably isn't a romance there, but there's definitely a mutual respect there. Nah, and, he got uh, put in the friend zone years ago, man. That's what that <laughs> <was>. so. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Maybe that's, that's it. But, uh, you know, she leaves and she, as a matter of fact, she runs into April on her way out and she goes, hey. And April's like, oh, uh, <laughs> um, hi. What, what, who are uh, you? Hi. Yeah. <laughs> It so is April really comes cool, in. Though. You know, I do like that about Angel and Casey, where like you see a good-looking dude and a good-looking girl in a, a comic book or something. It's like, okay, when are they going to get together? And they put the kibosh on that, like issue number one. They're like, yeah. no, that's that's not what this is. Like, guys and girls can be friends. Deal with it. You know. Oh it's yeah. A popu- oh, yeah. It's a popular theory that we can't, but yeah, you can. You know, and you can. Those two are just like, nah. You kind of get the impression that if they went out, it'd be like a brother and sister going out. It would that's yeah, what be almost awkward. Like. Yeah, yeah, that's true, man. And I like that. And uh, and then a great moment at the very end where uh, April she says uh, she said that she he was hurt so badly uh, she was yeah. afraid that she would never be able to thank him. Yeah, for saving her life. Yeah, yeah, and I love that. You know, and then you got all the turtles just kind of smiling as uh, April and Splinter kind of have a little moment. And uh, Casey's, of course, he's over there too. So, you know, sweet ending. I mean, this issue has it all. One giant fight scene that we've been waiting for for quite some time. Um, gorgeous fight scenes. 
and we get a little bit more character development between um, uh, Old Hob and Baxter and Krang. We don't we're wondering what's going on there. And that was opening up a whole new door because at this point we didn't know much about the neutrinos. We didn't know much about what Krang had up his sleeve. That that doesn't come to you know year two. So yeah, it's opening the doors to a huge story arc, but it's also closing some doors too. You know, it's closing the door to Dan Duncan's stories uh, or Dan Duncan's art. You know, we get some closure too at the very end where April gets to finally thank Splinter for everything he's done. So. Just a, I think this issue has it all. So I'll just go ahead and lay it out there. I think this issue's if it's not a nine out of ten, it's a ten out of ten because this is really showing what this IDW series is about. My yeah. only gripe, it's not even. I'm sure it has nothing to do with Tom Waltz. I'm sure it has nothing to do with Dan Duncan. It's probably more the rules of the company. Um, at mm-hmm. least at this time, yeah. No, mm-hmm. no blood whatsoever. Even old Hob, I think when he gets shot, he's not bleeding. You know, no. and I don't want gore or anything like that. I just want it to be. Oh, it sounds silly. I'm, I was about to say I want this to be somewhat realistic, but then I'm like, wait a minute, it's a comic book. <laughs> Call of Ninja Turtles, yeah, right. So I'll just shut up. You know, it's just one very no, minor no, thing. No, that, that's a good thing that you mentioned that too, because I noticed that too. Um, I do know that like later on, um, they do kind of add that. Yeah. Um, but- yeah, with Donnie. I yeah. never really know. I'm glad that you pointed that out because I never noticed that until I ended up going back and rereading this issue. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, you think of Shredder. I mean, and and uh, his armor. I mean, every time he punches Splinter, he's got claws there. You know, they should be like digging into his face. But you know, not that I want to see that. But yeah, right. It just seems kind of strange that there's no blood whatsoever. That is kind of the impractical the impracticalness of Shredder's costume. And mm-hmm. just doing anything, <laughs> you know, like you know, making a sandwich. You know, he just he can't do anything. <laughs> can't do any of that but uh but you know i honestly until you just said something i never noticed there wasn't any gore you know because i mean the ninja turtles have never really been about that anyway you know sure and not and i don't want that anyway and but mirage definitely showed a little bit more of that oh yeah well i mean mirage that first mirage comic was so gory and stuff like that because they thought they were only gonna they thought they were gonna be one and done yeah and a couple months later oh wow there's demand for it okay well what do we do now you know and then yeah. <laughs> it worked out. And then with this one, with this comic book here, the actual, like, you know, the shock value that maybe you're looking for, especially in these early issues, and, I mean, more so as the issues went on, the, uh, not shock value, but the, like, maturity of it is found in the dialogue. I mean, in this series, you see the Turtles dealing with stuff that they have never dealt with before in any other comic book series. I mean, like, we can all say that, you know, the Mirage books were like grim and gritty and blah, blah, blah. It The reality is, is it really wasn't. It, it wasn't grim and gritty. I think a lot of people are confusing grim and gritty with black and white. You know, just the literal colors of the comics. You know, I, I this series, um, it's really, even this series isn't grim and gritty. It's dark, it's realistic, but it's also it's also hilarious. And it's incredibly relatable and it's also just shedding a brand new light and telling a it's telling an old story in a new way which is next to impossible sure sure and and i and i i agree with you you know it's just with mirage we saw a little bit more of the blood but even then like yes we saw blood but it was still overall i'm i'm to completely agree overall yes black and white it had a great art style yeah but it wasn't necessarily a gory comic book but i will say this the mirage company or at least the mirage tmnt comics 
were mm-hmm. definitely more violent than these comics I've noticed, at least as far as showing the blood. Because uh, I remember specifically, of course, the first issue, we see, you know, Shredder killed. I mean, we see a blade come through his chest or yeah. through his back. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in the second issue, we see the Mausers literally devour this rat, and there's blood everywhere, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, that that's just the one little thing. Yes, there's still violence in the IDW series. There's just no blood accompanied with that violence. Yeah. And I wonder if that's an IDW rule or something, or at least at this point, you know, in 2012 when this was written – if at least because later on you see the blood. Remember with um Bebop and Roxy. Oh, yeah, yeah, you see the blood dripping off their bat. I mean, you see it there, but yeah. at, in this in this early going, you don't see it near as much. Yeah. Although the content itself is dark. I mean the, the poor boys, they're beheaded, you yeah. know, yeah. In, in early on in the series. These little so, kids, yeah. Right. So that's really dark in itself. It's just the actual blood. I wonder if there's a rule against that. At least early on here. You know what? I yep. mean, it's it's a, a lot. Is, there's a lot that can be said for implied violence. I think implied, sure. implied violence is a better way to go. Yeah, I'm just, with you. I'm with just you. Just showing a head being cut off. And you know what? It was like, it was like um, there's a huge, you know, for the gamers out there, there's a huge debate right now with they uh, showed off a new trailer for The Last of Us Part 2. Um, have you seen the trailer for it? No, no, no. I've I've not, but I've loved the first one. Yeah, I love the first. I love the first. Like, like due to spoilers, because I kind of just want to like just jump in the game without watching like any trailers. But yeah, I I do know what you're talking about, though. Yeah, well, there's a scene in that trailer where somebody has their arm broken with a hammer, and I won't. Mm -hmm. And it is super. Like, it actually made me cringe. And I've seen some messed up stuff. You know, speaking about Veterans Day, I've seen some messed up stuff, and that actually made me think, okay, that's just too far, man. But if they had just, like, implied it, and you heard the sounds, and you heard the reactions to it, that would have made it, that would have made that moment so much more impactful. And that's what I think this comic gets, even still to this day, because... I know we're not talking about gore or anything like that, but like the way that they show violence is so much more impactful in my opinion. It's handled a lot more maturely. And Mm -hmm. I mean, because a lot of people think of a mature comic, certain groups of people out there think of maturity in comics and think, you know, nudity, sex, uh, people taking drugs and just a guy getting blown in half, like in RoboCop, when that dude that got covered in acid waste and like got hit oh, by a yeah. car, and he like turned into a water balloon or whatever it was. <laughs> and just, oh yeah, that's what people think about, and I don't fault them for that. But this one just takes—I mean, this is really what kind of violence is really like. I mean, like the reality of getting into a fist fight. I don't know if anyone here has, but like you get more often than not. You get punched in the face, you're going to go down on the ground because actually being punched in the face sucks. <laughs> and if maybe I'm just bad at taking a punch, but and also like when you punch someone, it hurts your hand. Like, yes, it does. Sure. More people break their hands punching other people in the face than they do yeah. breaking somebody's jaw by punching. Hey, it's not how hard you hit, it's how hard you could get hit and keep <laughs> moving forward. Whatever. Trash. That's how winning's done. <laughs> That's how winning is done. <laughs> Sorry, I had to break out some Rocky. Stop when my mother will shoot. Yeah, <laughs> oh, let's ignore that one. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my uh, Mariko Bretti here and be like, uh, you're the disease, and I'm the cure. You know. 
Very good. Very good. But no, no, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you, man. I, I do like – I'm not criticizing IDW there. I'm just genuinely curious if, if they had some kind of rule against that because, um, you know, the content is certainly dark. It's just that one little thing. You know, I, we're not seeing blood for some particular yeah. reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely but, uh, understand, yeah. So, so I, I want to hear you guys. I think this is a nearly perfect issue. I would, I'm going to go out on a limb and say I'm going to give this one a 10 out of 10. I think it deserves it. I think there's some other issues that I will also give a 10 out of 10 in this, in this series. I love what IDW was doing at this point, um, and I still love what IDW is doing to this day. I really like Volume 5. I'm, I'm sold on it. So, But I want to hear what you guys think. So, Josh, what would you give this at a 1 out of 10 rating? I would give this – this is so close to a perfect issue for me. There is just awesome. one complaint that I have, and it's a very superficial thing. And I know we talked up, up, down, and sideways about Dan Duncan's art, but just the one thing that I don't like about his design for the turtles is the way he designed their heads, where they oh, I got <laughs> they you. almost yeah. have, they have eraser heads. You know, <laughs> they, look like, they look like the top of a pencil, where it's just kind of like up, and it looks like you know, just it looks like their the design of their their head is like a Quaker's hat, you know. <laughs> It's just a little weird, like the uh, the smokestack smokestack style hat. But that (laughs) being said, it's just the one issue I have. The writing is pitch perfect. Shredder's design is the most iconic. That is that is the Shredder that I think about when I think of Shredder in my head. I don't think it's ever gotten any better than this. The '80s Shredder had the like the iconic suit, but this one takes that and turns it to 11. Sure. I really, really love this storyline. And if like IDW had stopped making comics about Ninja Turtles at this point, it, I would have been happy. You know, it would have yeah. been fun. It would have been a great way to end it. It's like, you know, the Ninja Turtles are all right. Maybe they won't be. Maybe they will be later on. But uh, I'd give this a 9 out of 10. Awesome. What about you, Mr. T? Uh, 10 for me. Excellent. I thought this was very well done. And real quick, I wanted to give two quick shout outs. Uh, our a good friend aj in the group um i i was talking to her the other day and i go and i said aj why is your you know i always wanted to ask you why is your hair purple and she goes uh oh that's that's because angel is actually my favorite character in the idw comics and when i go to that's awesome and when i go to comic cons um i dress up like like angel and i said oh that's kind of cool and uh, another quick shout out i got a friend named uh, uh greg who uh writes his own web comic and uh I, I discovered him on, on, on Twitch. He does like like live streams where he's like writing and drawing his comic and you can like chat with him. Um, well, he's never really been like a big TMNT fan. And uh, I came across this YouTube channel called Star Force Media and they basically do motion comics with full voice acting of IDW comics. Really professionally well done. Um, so anyway, I, I showed Greg issue number one and then after that, he was instantly hooked. Um, <laughs> they're up to issue 18 now. And I think the last issue that he he watched on the YouTube channel was when um, the Turtles first meet uh, neutrin- the Neutrinos and they found out who Krang was. And then there's like the, the big plot twist, like once you find out like who the, um, the Fugitoid really is, he said he really liked that. So yeah, like, just the fact that I actually convinced somebody to actually uh, give the IDW comics a try was like a huge success. Um, awesome. They now, if you're 
if, if if you're not subscribed to their channel, they upload um, new episodes of the issues <laughs> like every every two weeks on Thursdays, and it's kind of like an audio like read along. It's like a full motion comic with sound effects and voice acting. Um, and if you want to check that out, the YouTube channel is called Star Force Media. And they also do uh, Transformers, like, audio visuals as well. But, uh, yeah, as far as, like, the overall score, yeah, definitely a 10 for me. All right, guys. So the last thing I want to say about this issue, it's at the very end of the issue. I really like what uh, Bobby Kernow said. And also, Dan Duncan says his farewells here. So if you guys don't mind, I'll read this real quick, and and we'll call it done. So it says, uh, well, folks, here we are at the end of our first year. It's hard to know what to say other than... The enormous thank you to all of the fans out there. We were stunned by the level of excitement and support we've received at our launch and continue to be amazed as that support simply does not go away. It's been a spectacular experience working on this book and I know I speak for everyone here at IDW and Nickelodeon when I say that it truly means a lot to hear from you all. So again, thanks very much. I'd also like to thank the many fantastic creators who have contributed the long hours to our TMNT books as well as our partners at Nickelodeon, who have been wonderfully supportive and great to work with. I've also got a little bit of sad news. Unfortunately, our tireless and talented Dan Duncan has an exciting new opportunity that he is pursuing and will not continue as artist on this book. Here's what he says. It is really bittersweet news on my end. Considering the impact these four turtles have had on me as a kid, the opportunity to work on this comic was amazing. Being able to work directly with Kevin was something I wouldn't even have dared to ask for. Being fortunate enough to start each book with Tom's killer scripts and with uh, Rhonda's spectacular color work and have Bobby constantly on the lookout for me and everyone else really made it easy to relax a little and just focus on trying to live up to the rest of the team. That, combined with the completely unexpected amount of support and enthusiasm from fans, made this last year a once-in-a-lifetime thing. As I start on new projects, I miss this one already. But if Bobby will have me, we'll find a new way for me to contribute soon. And it will be awesome. Thank you doesn't feel like enough, but it's all I have for now. Alright, so now back to Bobby here to wrap things up. No one has worked harder on this book than Mr. Duncan, and what he's accomplished in the past year is truly incredible. You'll be missed, Dan, and you're always welcome back. I'd be in full ball mode, but I know what's around the corner. The awesome Andy Kuhn will be on board for art duties for the next issues, and let me tell you that he is doing an astounding job. And if that wasn't enough, Tom and Kevin are just getting started. It's a letter column cliche, but I've got to say it. The best is yet to come. Mm-hmm. All right, so great first year, guys. Uh, this was a wonderful, wonderful first year of comics for the Ninja Turtles, and we can officially call it Volume 5. It's a uh, wonderful Wonderful volume, uh, and really opens the doors to a lot of different things. And uh, I just thought it was really cool what Dan Duncan said there, and how he was a fan growing up, and yeah. you know, he seemed really humble about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, guys, we have some huge news. Huge news. Uh, we're excited to announce uh, Jim Lawson, the one and only, the friend of our show. He's coming on hopefully for a fourth time next week, uh, next Saturday, as a matter of fact. So, as you're hearing this, we'll probably be in the process of talking to him. And I hope to have that episode edited um, in time for Thanksgiving. So we might just consider it a Thanksgiving episode with Jim Lawson. I think that's a pretty good way to do it. So, yeah. uh, 
All right, guys. Uh, once again, if you wouldn't mind to uh, send us an email, our email address is turtleflakespodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can check us out on Twitter at turtleflakes. Uh, please give us a call. Our number is 865-309-4875. Want to go ahead and call us and just tell us what you thought of issue 12. I mean, that was the anniversary, first year anniversary of the IDW series. If you got any more feedback for us, um, I'd love to, love to hear it. And also, I have this general question, and if anyone knows it, could, if you wouldn't mind to email us or give us a call, I just want to know if The Turtles is IDW's best-selling comic. I tend to think that it probably is. Because you think of all the... I think other than Transformers, um, which is still going on, I think that the TMNT is actually one of their highest-selling comics. Sure. Because um, I know that like Ghostbusters kind of dipped in and out whenever the new film uh, happened, because I know Tom Waltz is actually making that universe canon, which yeah. is actually pretty pretty cool, I think. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I haven't read anything else as far as IDW except for the Turtles, um, but I think they are. Because I mean, because you think about it, you got two main series going on right now. You got Universe and the IDW run, and all the micro series and uh, trades that they're selling. I just I'm curious for the numbers guys out there. You know what kind of revenue that the Turtles is bringing in for IDW, and and if that is their golden goose, because it's got to be. If it's not, it's got to be close. Keep um as long as they keep like pushing the comics out to like Barnes and Nobles and books of millions and stuff. Cause I know like comic book shops aren't, aren't everywhere, but uh, yeah, like for anybody that has like Amazon, you can always check out release dates on there. And like, I know for their uh, trade paperbacks, they um kind of do them every three months. That That's, that's what I collect. But yeah, yeah. just, just check your local comic shop. If you have yeah. one near you or, or if you have like a books a million and like say for instance, like you go to books a million and they don't have like any, comments whatsoever um just like talk to one of the cashiers and just ask them if you can get like one of the trade paperbacks like sent to your store and you can like drive down there and get it because that's actually how i found out about like the trade paperbacks was I actually lived about 30 minutes away and and i and i don't drive this is when i didn't have internet, internet at the time and uh, my mom used to take me down to uh books a million like on the weekends and that's actually how i started collecting like volumes one through ten and then, like, eventually they said, like, they can just, like, ship it to your house. So, yeah, definitely talk to Books A Million and see if they'll do that for you. Yeah, good deal, guys. Well, all right. Well, the question we all want to know, guys. Um, well, actually, before that, just stay tuned for the next episode as we'll have the main man, Jim Lawson, on. And um, the, the question we all want to know for the day, guys, is what type of pizza we're going to have to close out episode 91, 92 of uh, Turtle Flakes. So what are you guys thinking? I saw a recipe for... Um, it was called barbecue barbecue pulled pork flatbread pizza. That looked really oh good. Oh, was, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, it was like barbecue that looks good. pulled pork and like mozzarella cheese. Oh, dude, that looked really good. All right. And uh, Josh, you want anything to it? Yeah, uh, breadsticks, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, you know what? Cheese sticks, man. There we go. Okay, sounds good. All right. Well, it sounds terrible for you, but sounds delicious. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're all young. Kind of young. Uh, yeah, well, except for uh, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> All right, dudes and dudettes. Well, here's to hoping you enjoy your uh, barbecue, pulled pork, and mozzarella flatbread pizza with a side of cheese sticks. And you know what? Yeah. Let's go ahead and put some pineapples on that pizza, too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, cowbunga, dudes. Talk to you next week. Cowbunga, guys. Cow.
job is 9.9. 